0: well good morning church are you glad to be in the house of the lord this morning amen Amen. the bible says that this is the day that the lord has made we shall rejoice and be glad in it i'm glad you're here we're going to get ready to rejoice here in a few moments i got a few announcements but first we want to welcome all of our first-time guests if you're a first-time guest Coming out to us here on this frigid January morning, we're thankful you came out from your warm home and your warm abode, and we want to say thank you for being a part of our service this morning. We have a guest card in front of the pews and also on the, uh, the risers uh, leading up uh, in the risers on the ledges there. We'd ask if you would, just grab the card if you would, take about 30 seconds, and at the end of service, if you would take it out to the Welcome Center, which is directly out the door straight ahead of me here, we got some special gifts for you. It's just our way of saying thank you for coming, being part of our service, and if you're looking for a church, we believe you found a good one for you to get plugged into. So we just want to say thank you for your live streamers right now watching us literally all across the state of Ohio, across America, and around the world. We want to say welcome to you as well. We, will, we hope and pray today will be a great day for you, no matter where you are here in the United States or around the world. We believe God's got good things in store for you, so thank you so much for participating and watching us online. If you're here locally, again, we encourage you. The Bible says for, to forsake not the assembling of ourselves. So we encourage you, if you can be here and you're not sick, you're not going through issues, come out and be a part of our service, because this is where God will touch and meet your needs. So we just say, want to say thank you once again for doing that. Also, don't forget, uh, we have our giving statements ready for you out in the lobby. So if you're looking to get your 2021 giving statements, you can do that by going out the double doors. Uh, we have a table out there. Uh, it'll be out there for the next week or two or so. But please make sure you get your giving statements. And we just want to say thank you for what you've done in 2021. You know, 2021 was a challenging year for us getting together, traveling a little bit. But we you know what? We still saw hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ because we're using technology now more than ever to win souls. And we want to say thank you, church, for being a part of that Every person that comes to Christ is added to your account in heaven. So thank you for your giving. Also, don't forget, we have our Love Your Marriage event on Friday, February the 11th. Now listen to me, everyone that's married in this house or maybe wants to be married in this house. We encourage you to be a part of it. We have four dynamic messages delivered for you. We're also going to have some free food, some some hors d'oeuvres, some finger foods that you can be a part of. But here's what we need you to do. We need you to go out to the Welcome Center today. And just register that you're going to be a part of it, because we have to know how much food to prepare. But, uh, or you can go to onlybelieve.church, and you can register yourself online. So either go out to the Welcome Center today, get registered for February 11th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. will be our Love Your Marriage event. Or you can go to onlybelieve.church and register as, there as well. Also, hey, just want to remind you um, um, that the Bible says it this way. That in 2 Samuel 6.14, the Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all his might. He didn't hold anything back he was going through a lot he said when the ark of god was brought back in the city of david he was so excited about that he just began to dance before the lord in, in a powerful way and i encourage you today the bible says it this way also in first uh peter 5 7 that we're to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us so today as we get ready to worship the lord i want to remind you let's do it without any inhibitions let's do it without worrying about what's going on this past week any sickness any disease guess what it's under our feet is it not God is here. God's here to meet you this morning, and God wants to touch you in a powerful way. Father, I just thank you, Lord, God, as we begin to open the service up with praise. We just thank you, God, for all you do for us, Lord. We love you. We praise you, God, for healing our bodies, for bringing finances in, for salvations for loved ones. We thank you, Lord, that 2022 to you is going to be a year of answer prayer. We love you and thank you for all you do, Lord. Let's stand to our feet and worship the Lord right now.
1: Excuse me for a minute, but I've got a song to sing. It might not be on key, but it's from my heart. And no one else can tell it what the Lord has done for me. This might take all day, so I better start right now and it might get loud it might get loud and it's coming down 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 and it might get loud somebody sing it might get loud and it's coming down 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 and it might get loud oh i don't have a halo and no, I'm not a perfect man. I'm just glad to be a child of God. Because when I think of where I could have been, should have been, would have been if he hadn't stepped in. Oh, I got a praise on the inside that can't be denied. And I got to get it out right now. It might get loud. It might get loud heaven's coming down 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 it might get loud it might get loud heaven's coming down him as loud as i want i'm gonna praise him as loud as i want i'm gonna praise I want to count to three and I want everybody to shout. I think Cincinnati won last night, the Bengals. I know there's some fans in here. I know they were crazy. That's the first time in 25 years. I want, I want to practice something, sh- shouting. Because said it might get loud. I, I don't think it's going to might get loud. I think it's going to get loud. Because when I shout, the
2: walls come down. When I shout my healing has arrived when I shout the Lord is here so I think it's not might get loud it's gonna get loud so let's just try that real
1: quick I want everybody to shout on three just so we can get warmed up
3: here
1: we go one two three get low coming down Great! Hey. Hey.
4: just want to read to you out of 1 Corinthians the 11th chapter when Jesus was taking with his disciples he said and when he had given thanks he break it and said take eat this is my body which was broken for you this do in remembrance of me and in the same manner also he took this cup when he had supped saying This cup is the new testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. I remind you today, only believe that when we run to Him, we run to salvation. When we run to Him, we run into the healer and receive healing. When we run to Him, Deliverance is ours. Deliverance from the enemy. Deliverance from disease. Deliverance from from financial despair. Deliverance is ours. I'm going to run. I'm going to run to him. I'm going to run to the cross. Because it was there. It was the end for what he had to do. But just the beginning for you and I. See, it was finished. The price was paid with his blood. There was no need to sacrifice any longer. The spotless sacrifice had been given once and for all. But let us not forget, as we read further, the scripture says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come." Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. This means to scrutinize, to test, to prove, to look around for anything that might not line up with the word. Let him examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, for this reason, many are weak, many are sickly among you, and many sleep. Come awake. Come awake today. Run to the cross. Run to forgiveness and salvation today. God is not a God that is angry with who you are. He sent his son Jesus to erase the sin, to take away the shame, to remove the guilt. Let us run. But let us be wise and each man examine himself today before we take of this beautiful gift and remember the Lord's price. Amen. Father, we come before you today and God, just as you've asked us in the word, Father, we begin to search. Before we take and remember today, Father, we search and we examine, we scrutinize, Holy Spirit, reveal to us anything that keeps us from coming to you, that stands between you and I. For God today, we ask that you forgive us. We turn from that sin. We don't want to be the man that we were. We want to be like Christ. We remember the price. And we know that true salvation, true freedom, true deliverance, true change in a man's life is found at the cross. We remember today. Bless this bread and this cup as we drink today. In Jesus' name, we remember. Please come and get your communion.
1: On high, what can wash away our sin? Because there is nothing that can cleanse us except the blood of Jesus. Amen. And what?
3: Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Any blessed people in the house today? Any blessed people in the house today? Come on, give the Lord some praise today. If you know you're blessed, give him some praise today. Hallelujah. He deserves it. He's worthy of it. Come on, give him what you owe him. Give him what he deserves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Oh, I just believe in them today. They were singing about that blood. Anybody believe in the blood? Anybody believe in the blood? Oh, gosh. You believe in the benefits of the blood? Oh, my goodness. Then you know what? You shouldn't be worried about anything. You shouldn't be worried about anything. You shouldn't be troubled by anything. I know tough times come, but they don't last. Trouble don't last always. Hallelujah. Woo. My goodness. Wow. The Bible, I, I, get, the, I get the great honor. Woo. I love this. I love this. I get the great honor of taking up the offering. Now, you said you believe in the blood. You said you believe in the benefits of it. Do you believe in the benefits of the tithe and offering? <sighs> okay, okay, let's get to this. In Luke chapter 1, verses 37 and 38, it says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing. Nothing. It says, and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it. Now you got to get this. Be it unto me. We need some of those kind of people that get a word from the Lord and say, be it unto me. According to thy word. It says, and the angel departed from her. And then if you skip on down to verse 45, it says, and blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now she believed. Now I'm going to jump on over to Romans chapter 4, verses, verse 3. And it says, For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto, righteous, uh, counted unto him for righteousness. And then if I skip down to verse 5, it says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And let me tell you something. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she believed what the Lord said to her. She believed it would be done, and the Bible says she was blessed. And then we have Abraham who believe God. And the Bible says he was blessed. How many people are ready to be blessed today? Well, you know what the Bible says? That if if you... The Bible says that when you tithe... And I know you guys know this scripture. But the Bible says that God will actually open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you ain't got room enough to receive. I'm thankful that none of my teachers and professors are here. But that's what the Bible says. And then the Bible also says, and he'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So you get blessed, you get protected, you get more than what you can handle, and you get to keep it for a long time. It lasts for a long time. It's better than the Energizer Bunny. But here's the thing How many of you believe? Then, if you believe, it's time to be blessed. It's time to be blessed. So, do you walk like it? What's a blessed walk? David, what's a blessed walk? I don't, you know, my, 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 my you know. That's that's my blessed walk. Do you walk like it? Do you talk like it? Do you respond to life's issues based on being blessed? That's who we are today. And we got examples. Mary was blessed. Abraham was blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Okay. That means you believe in the scripture. So let's get our offering, our tithe ready for the Lord and let's come up here like we know we are blessed father in the name of jesus god i thank you for this opportunity today to walk in faith to be blessed because we're your children you desire for us to be blessed god i thank you that we are overcomers we are more than conquerors i thank you for blake breakthrough and i thank you for a harvest that's just in time and is tailor-made for us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, bless people. Bring your offering unto the Lord.
2: I know you're looking and watching, and uh, I'm presuming in them pajamas that have never created any spark except from the carpet. Hallelujah. But Phyllis and I have been married 51 years today. Yeah, 51 years. Yep, praise God. Somebody talked to me today and said, Does it feel? said they've said it's a lifetime does it feel like it i said more than one brother no hallelujah if it hadn't been for Phyllis, i don't know where i would have been she introduced me to pentecost and uh, her mom and dad were great influencers of my salvation her mother especially and uh so uh I am thankful that I ran into Phyllis Williams. And uh, thank God she was, I don't think she was doing drugs. She might have been coming off of them when I asked her to marry me. But uh, she did say yes, so hallelujah, 51 years later. Hallelujah. So I'm celebrating that. Uh, Are you going to celebrate it? No, I'm going to wait till spring and then celebrate it when it's warm. And uh, so uh, Phyllis and I'll start getting ready for that a week before. Then Nikki will iron our clothes, take us three days to get them on. And, uh, but it'll take two and a half weeks for us to celebrate it. Hallelujah. Take us two weeks to get to the hotel to celebrate it. Cause Nicky will have to help us and we won't be able to drive. I'm kidding. I'll tell you what, I'm as stout as I've ever been. Strong-minded as I've ever been. But today we are here. And uh, it is a good day. It's a good day. The devil is in trouble because the redeemed are still here and still alive, still active, amen? Hallelujah. I want to talk to you today about maybe a misinformed or an uninformed subject. I want to talk to you today and maybe next week we're going to talk and head towards holiness. And so today we're going to start looking at sanctification. Sanctification. Might seem complicated, well, how do we get there, are we, and so forth. The word sanctification means this. It means to make holy. It means to purify morally, physically, in speech, and even in purposes and spiritual activity. It covers a lot of different issues in men's lives. And so from that word sanctification, we get out of it purity, holiness. Sanctification is a separation from evil, from secularism, from its purposes, or from its goals. Now, we are separated from the world, from secularism, from carnality, from wickedness, evil. That means thoughts and intents. We are separated from them for divine purpose somebody say for a purpose God doesn't do anything without a purpose and so we are separated from sin from evil all wickedness all forms all types we are separated from it for a divine purpose to be prepared for spiritual endeavors People that are bound by sin, people that are dabbling in sin, subject to sin. You know, I might sound like an old-time Pentecost or an old-time Baptist today, but that's okay. Holiness has not worn out, and it's relevant for today. Understand that. And so, we are cleansed, separated from evil, sin, carnality, its intents, its purposes, and its motives... And we are separated for a divine purpose or for spiritual endeavors that are ordered by God. There are lots of things that take place in the realm of the spirit that have nothing to do with God. They just play their course. And so we are cleansed from sin. We are cleansed from unclean things. We are made free from the manifestations and the desire of sin to dominate our life. Now think of what I just said. We are free from those things. If you take the seedbed of evil, wickedness, and sin out of man, then you have to understand that everything that could be produced from that seedbed, man has been delivered from. See, it's not normal for a believer to think evil of his neighbor. It's not normal for Christians to be divisive. It's not normal for Christians to repeat matters. It's not normal for Christians to dabble in witchcraft, sorceries, or divination. It's not normal you have been separated from that. Well, why does it come? try to come back? Because there is a tempter that desires to drag you from the place of empowerment. And that's what sanctification is, is an empowerment over sin and unrighteousness. And when you are empowered, then you are not to be drawn back to those things that you would count maybe uh, things that were pleasurable, things that, you know, you got stirred up about, were passionate about. If you get drawn back into those things, those things will again cause you to become bound. Listen, sin has nothing good in store for you, not even the moment that you agree to do it. Could I get an amen? All right. So it means to free us from those things, from carnalities, from wickedness. It's to make us consecrated to God and to be devoted to his will. Now, maybe some of you think that getting saved was just for you. No, that's not what you got saved for. You got saved to inherit the kingdom of God that means that you willfully declared your submission to carry out God's will and to lay yours aside now a lot of us have forgot why we were saved we weren't just saved to gather to shout We weren't just saved to gather, to be blessed, to prophesy to one another, to dance, to uh, jump up and down, and all of those things. We were saved to be servants of one Lord and Christ Jesus himself. Amen. And we are to be active in pursuing his will no matter what the cost holds for us, we're already dead men. We are crucified with Christ. Quit running around the graveyard trying to raise your ugly self up. Moving right along. All right, sanctification is several things. The first thing it is, it is a present day fact. You are separated from sin and the kingdom of darkness and the devil's manipulation and control. It takes place when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Initially, you are separated, sanctified, taken out from sin and placed in a place of servitude to God. Servitude to God, not superior. That would allow you to carry out your will, but subservient by choice. Because we see the goodness of God. And if your will still supersedes what you saw, you need to take another look. Now, I'm not being mean, but it sometimes just irks me that people forget how beautiful salvation was and how ugly sin was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews 10.10. Now we are sanctified by two things. The first thing that we are sanctified by is the word of God. By which the will, by which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. In other words... People might say, but that means that we're once saved, always saved. Look, a gummy bear has more brains than people like that. Listen to me. It doesn't ever insinuate that a man could not sin or to go back like a dog or a hog to its wallow or a sow to its wallow. What it indicates is that the work from God's viewpoint is complete and so established that no one that has tasted and saw that the Lord is good would ever return back or break that separation. Now, Hebrews 10.29 says, how much sober punishment suppose ye shall ye be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot the Son of God who hath counted the blood of the covenant which Jesus shed wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite the Spirit of grace. Now what does that mean? That simply means this. That God deals with people he empowers them with equipment, anointing. He empowers or enables them by grace never to live under the bondage of sin again. But if you keep rejecting that working and provision, stirring and leading, of the Spirit of grace, the Holy Ghost, and you go back, then understand your second place will be worse than the former state that you were redeemed from. You don't want to go back. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Now let's go to 1 Peter 1, 2. 1 Peter 1, 2. So we see that we were sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Sanctified, broken, free. We were disconnected from the rulership of sin based upon the power of his blood. 1 Peter 1.2 says this, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. It says God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. So we were sanctified not only by the blood, but by the work or the power called the new birth, salvation, the new creation that is brought about by the person of the Holy Ghost. So it's not only the blood, but it's also we are sanctified by the words that Jesus has spoken. And then we are sanctified by the work of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, that is for today. You're right. You are sanctified today. And when we are sanctified from our sins, it includes freedom from sin's power and its desire. You know, Paul said, sin shall not have dominion over you. But we find ourselves constantly reconnecting the shackles of bondage to that which we have been sanctified from. We need to stop. Somebody told me, uh, they were talking about some guy that said, he needs to buy a pair of big boy pants. In other words, he needs to stand up, and be who God made him. Now, I understood that, but what I want to encourage you to do is pull up your britches, quit acting like mere men, and walk as a redeemed man with God on the inside of you. You don't have to sin every day. You don't have to cave in every time you're tempted. You don't got to roll over every time you're attacked. It's time for the church to stand up And be bold in who it is. Come on. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you something. We have been freed from sin, its powers, its plans, and its purposes, as well as its benefits and its rewards. We are not controlled by the devil anymore. He is under our feet. We are no longer under his. Romans 6, 1 through 14 tells that. Don't submit your members unto unrighteousness. That means you're in charge. Hallelujah. Praise God. This sanctification is instantaneous. You become a master over sin by obedience to the word. You have power to resist, you have power to pull down, you have power to stop giving place, and all you have to do is exercise that power. So you no longer are subject to the prince of darkness, you are subject to the king of light. And then sanctification is this. Sanctification, please hear me, this is the most important part. Sanctification is an ongoing, everyday work. Now, let me kind of give it this way. If I was going to take a piece of granite, And somebody came to me and said, hey, I I want a granite countertop. I'd say, okay, all right, I'll get it for you. Then I would go and I would drill down and I would set explosives and I would separate a block of granite. And I would tell them this is the piece that is going to Mrs. Cadoodle." And so, automatically, that stone, that granite, would have been sanctified from the rest of the mountain. Amen? And it's already a completed work. But in order to get the end product desired by Sister Cadiddle, that she had put into my hands to bring to pass, I have to begin a sanctifying work to cause it to be consecrated to her liking and to get an end result. Well, sanctification is much like that. It is a process. It is a process of revelation done by us seeking to be Christ-like it's done by revelation of the Holy Ghost revealing them and then it's done by application through our faith and obedience and you can stop the sanctification process anytime that you choose not to be Christ-like or to put on that which has been revealed. Okay. So, so we realize that sanctification is also an ongoing work that perfects this is why it goes on and this is why it's so important. In 2nd Corinthians 7.1. Could I have that on the scripture? Sanctification is a separation and it is a process that leads to a divine end, divine end will of God. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God gives us promises to cleanse ourselves? Amen? And then it says you know, you need listen folks, when God says that you're free from something then declare your freedom. When God says you shouldn't do something, then get a light bulb and realize he must have gave you power to live above it. So start saying, I am not a man of anger. I am not a man of contentious work. I am not a man of anger. I'm not a man of hatred. I'm not a man of discord. Start putting your faith to work so that God can scrub that tongue under your nose. And let God sanctify your tongue. Well, no man can tame the tongue. That's why I said let God do it. Listen, the Holy Ghost can tame your tongue. It's just when you're in charge that it messes everything up. Put it in his hand. And then it says, this, Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of spirit, perfecting what? Holiness in the fear of God. Sanctification is a consistent persistent, consistent action of creating a finished work of holiness a finished work of holiness and so God is involved in that because he wants us to be more like Christ when Christ rules us we rule over everything else Amen? And so, we as believers have been sanctified. Thank God we, have, we are free from sin. We become its masters. Through the initial saving or redeeming or separating from our transgressions and the devil's kingdom. The second thing, it is an ongoing, persistent, consistent process of the spirit and of word. Let's go to John 15. John fifteen one through eight. And I'll show you that we have been initially separated from, but now the work begins, not on our own, but we work with God. We aren't working independent. Listen, your Temperance, your strength, your patience, your self-will is not stronger than the temptations that the devil's going to bring. But God is. And then it says this. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me. Notice every branch in me. They are in Christ. That beareth not fruit he God taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit he purges, that it may bring forth more fruit. Notice God takes away unfruitful people. What is an unfruitful, fruitful person? Someone that is not pursuing the Christ-like nature to rule. And it says, Now you are clean. Hallelujah! Through the word which I have spoken to you, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am, I'll throw that out there, God, but I, all right, it won't fall on everybody's deaf ear, but it'll fall on bunch. You need to abide in the Bible. You know, well, I've been reading books. Stop it. You're already too far gone in, I can't use the word stupidity, uh, I can't use the word ignorance, uh, uh, in being disillusioned to allow somebody else's opinion to take you further. But shouldn't we read books? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with education. But knowledge is not faith. And knowledge does not bring the root or the foundation of an established faith in Christ Jesus. Should we? Yes, yes, educate yourself. But make sure that you are capable of looking at something that somebody said Weighing it out, discerning it, and being able to make it applicable not only for your life to unveil Christ, but to share Christ with the world. Most of the gospels that we are preaching today wouldn't save a backslidden, one-legged cockroach. Because we're preaching everything else but the goodness of the cross. So all everything that everybody's sharing and informing about everybody else, how many people have you led to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yes, hallelujah. You know, people tell me, well, You ought to read this interpretation. You ought to read this. No, no, I think I'll just stick with the one I got. It's brought me this far. I don't need to know what the Greek said. I really don't need to know what what, uh, uh, the Hebrew said. None of them are inspired. They're all just what man wanted to, out of his opinion, to reveal unto you. No man can live above the knowledge that he has unless... It's given by God through inspiration. Every seed of knowledge affects man some way. And when you line up seven meanings of a Hebrew word and you get to pick the one that you want, it reflects your concept of God. I don't need to know any of them. I just think I'll read the Bible. The Bible is a self-explanatory book. It reveals itself, confirms itself, and demonstrates itself. Now, no other translation of any Bible will do that. You, you, You just heard me. No translation, any other translation will do that. And no other language can carry the anointing, the life-changing impact of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got people trying to convince people to read this, do that, apply this. No, no, no. Let's just do the Bible. Just real simple. Just real simple. Amen. And so let's just let God be God. All right, let's go back up there to that scripture. All right, and it says this. He that abideth in me, where is security? The scripture. And the same bringeth forth fruit. How much fruit are we producing? Look at the gospel we are preaching. And then it says this, for without me you can do nothing. There you go, next verse. And if a man abide in me, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And he that is withered, and men gather them and cast them into heaven's wagon. Whoa, whoa. And they are redeemed by purgatory. They're what? Burned. Wow. Next verse. And if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples. Now it reveals to us that discipleship is an ongoing work of sanctification, putting off or separating from in order to be joined to. Yep, hallelujah, praise God. Let's go to Matthew this is, this is This is spooky. Matthew five twenty-seven. You have heard that it was said of them of old that thou shalt not commit adultery. You're right. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committeth adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee. Whew. Pluck it out. Cast it from thee, for it is more profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, cast it from thee, for it is more profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body shall be cast into hell. Hell. What is that saying? That's saying that once we discover something that we are not to do, we are to disconnect, disassociate ourselves from it. And that even our soul, our thoughts, our knowledge is to be judged. Because seeds of impurity can fall back into our life. Now, here is the importance of sanctification. Setting yourself apart from things that are not acceptable to the God life. The great danger is that even though you look like you're living for God, you have condemned yourself to an eternal hell. Oh, man. I told you, God. All right. All right. Now, realize that this is the work of perfecting holiness, perfecting holiness, perfecting Christ-likeness in our life. Now, holiness has nothing to do with the length of your hair. If holiness had to do with the length of your hair, lots of men are bold. Well, yeah, but women aren't. Some women are. And that's something they struggle with, should not be condemned for. But holiness is not the length of hair, not the measure of makeup that you put on. It is not in the length of your dress. Now, those are expressions of modesty, but they are not expressions of holiness. You know, people in other other countries might be in the forest, living with no clothes on, yet being more Christ-like than those that show up at church or, uh, or yeah, having ornaments of gold and silver and all of those things. I heard a denomination got, a, got all, all over It's one of its missionaries one time. They went to visit him. They said, these, these people are naked. He said, really? Yeah, they're naked. I thought you said you were getting them saved. He said, well, God sent me to preach the gospel, but he never told me how to get them dressed. See, they, we wrestle with stuff that's not important. Amen? And so, sanctification is the ongoing work in the pursuit of Perfecting holiness, creating in this physical body an expression of Jesus Christ in person. And it has to do with not only outward actions, fornication, but soulish preparations for actions which have to do with your thoughts. All right. Praise God. Now let's go to Ephesians 4, 17. This is the process that when we are sanctifying ourselves, that it creates in us the opportunity for God to take us from glory to glory. In other words, the transformation of God's Life being reflected in you is subject to how much of you is ruling your life. You get that on an iPod, you'll catch that. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of god through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who believe, being past feelings have given themselves over now that word past feeling doesn't mean their senses it means who being past the touch or the stirring, the convicting power, the drawing power of God. It is a spiritual sense. Having given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If it be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth Is in Jesus. That you put off. Separate yourself from. The former conversation way of life. The old man. Which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Which connects us with sanctification. Comes from the truth. From the word that Jesus spoke and then is performed by the Holy Ghost. And it says that you put off the new man, that you put, I'm sorry, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Somebody say, as I sanctify myself, I'm separating myself from the old man. And I'm putting on the new man. What is the new man? True righteousness and holiness. So this takes the process of allowing the Christ man to dominate our life. I, I, I don't want to confuse you, but I do want you to catch the drifts of these. This is the working of the Holy Ghost and the working of the word in those that are pursuing Christ Jesus in their life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Christ-likeness is something that we as individuals must pursue. Sanctification is a persistent, ongoing work that brings us to a God-desired end. It strengthens our faith, our intimacy, as well as protects our conscience from becoming weak, defiled, and faithless. Now, you can find what I just said in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and you go in, verse 14 begins to tell you that whom God loves, he chastens. In other words, he corrects out of a loving hand, loving motive to get you out of harm's way. You've said it to your child. You get out in that street again, I'll kill you. Don't you know you could have got ran over? Uh, I used to tell my mom, it's easier if you just let me die in the quarry. Instead, you beating me half to death here on the chair. My mom used to put me up on a chair so she could get a clean whack. And I'd come home from being with the older guys and, you know, they threw me in the quarries so I could swim, which I couldn't swim. So I'd just kick to the other side and then work my way out. Well, she knew where I was. She knew what I was doing. When I come home wet, mama didn't say, get dried off. She knew it hurt worse when you was wet. And she put me on that chair and she whacked me. And I said, just let me die while I'm having fun. Because she prophesied to me, I'll beat you to death. Wait till your father gets home. Well, thank God my dad didn't show up many times at home. But my mom would just wail the fire out of me and When God chastens us, he doesn't chasten us to hurt us. He chastens us to deliver us and to protect us. See, God knows the power and the wages of sin. We forget he doesn't. So God, having foreknowledge, things to come, things that have already happened, out of all of his foreknowledge, He knows who you are. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you can get tripped up. He knows where you can cave in, where you will cave in. So what he does is this. He takes and starts dealing with you on issues that you may not think are important right now. But he sees the end if left unattended. So God says, look, I want you to start dealing with it. Oh, God, is not bothering me. I didn't say it was. Why don't you just do what I asked you to do? You know, I'm not trying to hurt you, son, daughter. I'm trying to get you blessed. I'm trying to get you to stay free from the curse of the law. I'm trying to keep you free from the dominion of sin. It's not by works, folks. It is the activity of grace on our behalf. Hallelujah. And so it brings us to the point that God begins to perfect holiness in these moments of our time. And God starts dealing with things. He doesn't wait till you're in the prison. He doesn't wait till you've lost your marriage. He doesn't wait until you're broke he doesn't wait till you're in financial disarray in bankruptcy he doesn't wait till you are so discouraged and separated from him that you can't accept a helping hand god's not trying to be a control freak he's trying to make you one over the devil Hallelujah. So we need to realize that it is a work that is an ongoing work in us. And while God is working that out, he's making us skillful in the use of the word of righteousness. This ongoing sanctification is done by a man that is pursuing the truth of God, that he can be transformed from glory to glory. It is through the word that Jesus said, I sanctify you by my word. My word is truth. And it is also the work of the Holy Ghost. And then this really ends up being what we would call maturity. Maturity. A child plays with his food and adult consumes it. An adult becomes what food was designed to make him. A child, if plays with it too long, will mess up the growth plates in his life. And realize that it was a process with John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist was born but from a child he lived in the wilderness why did he live in the wilderness because he was being transformed to the image of one that cries in the wilderness and in those desert places when he got dry probably went hungry maybe many days in a row. I don't know how many carry-outs they have there. You know, I think it's uh, it's not carry-out, it's pick-me-up, like lizards and snakes and mice and, you know, locusts, uh, whatever it might have been. But John the Baptist comes out of the wilderness, and when he comes on to the stage of the world, he makes this statement. He must decrease, he must increase. And I must decrease. What? Yes. The whole purpose of me being in the wilderness and coming here is to show you that Christ must increase as mankind decreases. That is what sanctification does. It minimalizes you and I in the process of transformation hallelujah praise God what time is it 11.05 oh well if you drop the 3 it is 05 alright let, let's, let's go to 2 Timothy 2 19 now let me say this that a sanctified life will affect your generations to come. Paul said in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 9, that which you have received of me, learned of me, seen in me, and heard of me, do. Those are still the learning doors to our children. learning doors to our children. If you don't want to cuss, have cussing kids, then don't cuss. You don't want to have kids that lose their mind periodically and get angry and tear up everything, then don't you. If you want to raise children that will be able to be connected to godly women, then you raise men that you are or that you should be reflecting that are acceptable to God. You don't empower your children to be negative against their spouse. Amen? And you don't raise women that don't care for, participate in, or to be active in the household. We have to put this forth. Jesus said it this way. I sanctify myself that they may be sanctified. In other words, when you live a sanctified life and your priorities are that you become Christ-like, your children will move away from home with the same attitude. I'll never forget the first phone call I got from Nikki. The first week she was married, well, they came back from their honeymoon. And then the first week that she's at home, she calls me and she said, Dad, I need to get a divorce. I thought, man, Randy can't even do that much damage in a week. I said, Why? She said, He's not a Christian. I said, What? She said, He's not a Christian. I'm telling you, I've been watching him. He don't get up and pray. He do not read the Bible every morning. He's just not a Christian. And I said, sweetheart, he's not me. He's not me. You're gonna to have to train him to do those things. Now she leads by example. She's up at 5, 5:30 in the morning, praying, studying, giving two hours of, of her day to the Lord. And her kids know that. Her kids tell me, man, you know, man, every time I come home from college or come back, I'm telling you, mom has matured and grown in the Lord. They never say anything about dad. He's still back there in children's church playing. No, and I appreciate him playing back there. But the point being is that you and I are going to produce kids that are sanctified only if we live a sanctified life. You watch trash on your TV, your kids will watch it. I mean, if you just watch the, what that uh, modern family, I, I wouldn't even stop a second. People call that entertainment. Man living with a woman, uh, another man living with a man, kissing on TV. Then you wanna wonder. Why your kids are inquisitive towards the same sex? Stop it. Turn it off. Well, what should we watch? Reruns. Reruns of what? Of live stream. (laughs) Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2.19. Watch this. This is so very important. How many of you know that everything produced after its own kind? Rednecks produce rednecks and, you, you know, neighborhood boys produce neighborhood boys. You know, you just produce what you're around or what you're seated with. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge, sanctify, cause holiness to replace iniquity, purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Do you know that you can make your children vessels of honor because of what you are sowing in their life right now? Right now. And it says a vessel unto honor, sanctified, met for the master's use. Did anybody catch that? God doesn't use those that refuse the process of sanctification. And then it says this, youth prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. Follow, 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 seek, dig out with them that call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. Who opposes themselves? Those who choose not to be vessels of honor. And then it says, if God preadventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You know, when you start living a sanctified life, the transformation takes place. And that transformation filters down through the generations that you and I are responsible for. Could again, amen. Absolutely. James 1.21 says, Put off these things. Put off all these things and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Save your soul. Folks, when we allow unclean things and do not pursue Christ-likeness in our life. Do not separate ourselves from. We create incubators in our lives that give birth to iniquities. Sin cannot be known and not be effective in your life. Amen? Amen? Remember, God's not trying to keep you from something. He's trying to get you somewhere. And this sanctified life is the ongoing work of word and spirit. Colossians 3, 5 through 8, you can read it while you're at home, and it says this, Mortify, make inactive. These members that yield themselves and create and draw you into fornication, lying, conniving, deception, divisions. Stop it. In other words, folks, you are in charge of your own members. Amen. We'll pick that up next week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's begin the sanctification process. Why? Because there's nothing where you are will satisfy you where God is drawing you. There's nothing like it. When we taste and see that the Lord is good, that might have brought you to where you are, but you know what? God never designed you to be satisfied with yesterday's manna you got to press forward. You say, oh man, Pat, you're talking about... No, I'm not. I'm talking about a reasonable life. And the application of what you find in the source of that life. It's not hard if you start building a house one stone at a time. It's pretty easy. It's when you are under pressure... And God will build a house one day. That's pressure. Now let's, you and I, just submit to the working of the word. Just just allow it. If God says, put off these things, then start putting them off. Start putting them off. Begin to declare, God, you told me to put these off. I have faith enough to do it. And you start declaring, God, I want to thank you that I am freed from all roots of fornication, in all types, in all forms. I'm free of all types of idolatry. I'm free, God, of all types of greediness and covetness. I thank you, God. See, it's your faith that keeps you by the power of God. So you start declaring them. Then you start watching yourself. You fall. You make a mistake. That's okay. Repent. And then move on. Remember, you are in the pursuit of holiness. Perfected in Christ through you. I want to be like Jesus. And I know you do too. And I want to one day remember without holiness no man shall see the Lord. Not just in the world to come but do you know that a refusal to sanctify yourself to move progressively towards holiness and Christ likeness is going to hinder Your life. And you won't see the Lord in this earth. I wonder how many things that the Lord wanted us to do, but he couldn't do because we have allowed other things to come in instead of abiding in him. How many things has the Lord wanted us to bless, be blessed with, yet you and I had things that we just wouldn't separate ourselves from? How many times, because of that disobedience, has sin gained the upper hand and cut off our connection with heaven? How many times have our consciences been burdened and wounded and live out of a weak faith because we knew what God wanted us to change? Sanctification. Sanctification. An ongoing, persistent, consistent lifestyle in the pursuit of perfecting holiness and being Christ like. Then we shall see the Lord. Then shall we see the Lord. Let's stand our feet today. Hallelujah. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Praise God. <coughs> How many of you people have seen the snowstorms in North Carolina, South Carolina? My first indication was finally they got their share. But my second was that I prayed for those men and women are down there, and I made a phone call today to make sure that uh, they were okay. And uh, so it hadn't showed up when I talked to them this morning. But let's keep those people up in prayer. Let's begin to a few weeks ago or a month ago, I said, let's take 15 minutes and pray for somebody that you know of that is in a battle. Take the sword of the spirit, proclaim over them the victory that is theirs. Take the word of God and loose a heaven filled with arrows that will vex the enemy and set captives free. Begin to pray for them in the Holy Ghost. There are many needs, people fighting, all types of things fighting themselves, fighting everybody. But we want to help them win the war against this sickness and disease that many have succumbed to. And so let's pray for them and lift them up. I do thank you for praying for Phyllis. She's able to cut her first cord of wood yesterday. And uh, I'm I'm encouraged that today she'll get back up to two cords a day. And I'm just encouraged. And uh, praise God. So, I thank you for praying for her and uh, in more ways than one. I know you've prayed for that she wouldn't throw me out with the trash and it's worked, hallelujah. I'm still faster than she is so I get out of the way. So, pray for other people, folks. Pray for the family of faith. Pray for your loved ones to be saved. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Amen? So let's pray. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree God blessing. I decree God supernatural interventions, God, into finances, God, into homes, in God, to our lives, into the workplace. God, I ask that you would bless them going in and going out. I know you have already declared it. And God, we lay hold with our faith upon it right now. We say, God, it's ours. It's mine. And God, it will overtake me. And you will fulfill it. And you'll watch over your word just as sure as you did with Mary. And God, that promise that you spoke to us will come to pass we thank you god that we've been healed by the stripes of jesus you've preserved us god before the battle even began god we thank you that we are the head and not the tail we're blessed going in and going out god you bless our needing trolls god you bless our seed and our marriages god there'll not be one marriage we proclaim god that will ever Feel the sting of divorce. God, unite, cause men and women to be passionate one towards another, God. Let us see the value of those that you have made us one with. And God, we ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.
1: And a thousand generations and your family and your children That children, that children may fail